Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. All right, guys. You are locked on Falcons. I am your host, Aaron Freeman, and I am joined today by Jalen Mohammed, a Falcon fan. He's going to talk with me about his takes on the Falcons' week six loss to the Miami Dolphins. You are locked on Falcons. Your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, uh, as we usually do on this show, we give away a pre-pro football focus edge account, and I want people to know that we are continuing that, and I will give you the details of that at the end of the show. But I do want to introduce my illustrious guest, a guy who has begged me to come on this podcast for many, many months now, and I have not come on, allowed man, him why to come me out. <laughs> But uh, this is Jalen Muhammad, a, a good guy on one of the up and comer um, people on Falcons Twitter in terms of his take. Does a lot of draft homework, uh, has a lot of thoughts, and and has a tendency to agree with me about fifty to sixty percent of the time. So that generally means he knows what he's talking about. Um, we can't right, stop flattering yourself. <laughs> All right, welcome to the show, Jalen. Well, thank you for having me. Finally, after about seventeen months of me asking, yeah. I didn't. I, that number's not accurate. Don't. I'm not that desperate. Don't. Don't think I am. Okay. So let's uh, let's get into this game. I know you have some strong opinions about maybe the play calling, and I think that, you know this was a good week to have somebody up here that may have a less than um, <laughs> glowing take on on Steve Sarkeesian's play calling. Um, so I will give you the floor, Jalen, and explain to the listeners what do you think is is going on, what are the problems with the Falcons offense right now. Besides the fact that uh, every every route that we do is like five yards too short and we don't ever even like try to go deep. Well, when we do go deep, I'm not, I don't ever complain about Matt missing shots because, you know, the people, his two deep threats are besides Marvin Hall, who's statistically the best Falcon on the roster, but I'm going to leave that alone. But besides uh, Julio and Gabriel, who missed mostly camp, obviously, then you can't really get mad at him for missing timing throws down the field, which is mostly what they are, besides, you know, pure speed. And then, like, not using, like, the right people. Like, people get mad when I say to, like, run this person or do this at this time. And then they say, but they did this instead. I'm just like, but it's not the right situation for that. I think we're missing more. Like, Sark is fine. He, he'll, he may be all right. I'm not holding my breath on it. But Shandy, like me being a Shanna fan, like he excelled in like situation, like everything. So it's missing that. It doesn't make me happy. It makes me very sad that we can't get Julio the ball on it besides like nine times a game, which is unacceptable. Okay. 
Now, you brought up some interesting points there, and I do want to ask you this. It does seem to me, at least from my perspective, there seems to be a pretty strong correlation between folks like yourself, and I guess I would throw myself into this group even though I try to toe the line a little bit, but the people that are most critical of Steve Sarkeesian also happen to be some of the people that were most praising of the job that Kyle Shanahan did last year. And it seems like you know there's an opposite group of people that were very praising of what they thought Sark could potentially be and also happened to be some of the people that were most critical of Kyle Shanahan um, after last people season. Thought he was, people thought he was going to be as good as Shani. <laughs> you were setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on sort of maybe, just maybe, um, people like yourself are being a little bit overly critical of, of Sark just to sort of, uh, you know, showcase to people that, you know, Shanahan was actually pretty good at his job and, and sort of the anti-Shanahan um, rhetoric that sort of pervaded this fan base for about seven months this offseason, um, you know, maybe uh, was a little bit misplaced and, and maybe people are going a little too hard on Sark. All right, see, I'm not going to I'm not gonna stick up for Sark until he actually has a good game besides the Green Bay game against injured players. But if you, the only thing I can say about Shani is look what he's doing in uh, San Francisco right now with way less talent, and then come back to me. Okay, fair enough. If you if you watched it, if you watched the film on those, like every single play is still like wide open. I remember C.J. Beathard, the the rookie quarterback, drove them down the field against the Redskins, who are pretty decent this year. But but granted, it was without Josh Norman. But there was a play to Aldrick Robinson, I think, that was like beautifully like executed like it was like <laughs> it was one of those plays where Bether like literally looked over to his right looked to his left just to check again looked back and the person was literally wide open and walked into the end zone like come on now that's cj Bether to compare compare that to matt ryan and maybe julio jones come on now fair enough um i don't disagree with you there Jalen. um what are your thoughts on on the possibility um, that Sark firing Sark, I'm all with it. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, that wasn't the question. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, what, what? How do you factor in? You know, how much do you think the issues with the Falcons' offense is sort of stemming from Sark's lack of NFL experience? Okay, well, of course it's going to be an adjustment period, just like the adjustment period going from any like different level of talent. But if you're going to say that you're going to run the same scheme and then like. Even if you even if you don't like choose the same calls, you literally have an entire you have two seasons worth of good film on how to use these people, and you still don't do it. That's my big problem. Um, so at this point in time, what do you feel like is the most glaring issue that the Falcons, if they can sort of get this thing this one issue resolved, and some of the other dominoes will start to fall in place? Do you feel like it's like we need to? design better shot plays do we need to use play action more to get those shot plays is it the route combinations is it running the football more what 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 is sort of maybe that first domino that you think needs to fall all of the above (laughs) okay okay um what are your thoughts on sort of Gabriel's usage in the game. We've seen some flashes from Gabriel, but one of the questions I had this offseason was going back and you look at when Gabriel wasn't playing under Kyle Shanahan, he was kind of miscast a little bit, um, particularly that one year under Dowell Loggins. And one of the concerns was, particularly given his really dominant season he had 
uh, last year that there was a very good probability that he would sort of fall back a little bit to earth this season. Um, what are your feelings about Gabriel's usage in this offense? I think that besides the screenplay that they're calling for him, you can't really, they're not really doing anything with him. Like, maybe try, maybe one of those times to use him on one of those reverses, because I guarantee you he'll get more than those sweeps if he called last week. But, and instead of trying to, like, force the ball deep to him every couple of downs, like, try to get him to, like, intermediate ones, because even though he is small, he still has, like, really good hands, and he's not a, obviously not afraid to, like, catch over the middle. And then that gives you a better chance to get him matched up with a safety, and then him or the safety most of the time, unless Earl Thomas is a complete mismatch. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts on on sort of Tevin Coleman's uses? They they ran a lot of pitch plays with him. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. Um, he wasn't really a factor in the passing game, even though we've seen him be effective in, in some of the more recent games that way. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, Every t- every question you ask me just getting me more mad about what happened. Come on, man! <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, he he made he made Tevin Coleman the number one back in the second half. Like, Devonte had like before before that uh, second half started. Devonte had like forty like forty something yards and like three carries. Yeah, you got any other thoughts? I, I do want to get your thoughts on sort of the defensive performance in this game, but. I, I oh, don't, man. if you got any other offensive takes, I, I'll let you fire those off. Uh, let me see. Where should I start? All right. One, uh, people should stop calling that uh, that interception, saying it was um, in double coverage, because one, if uh, Hoover plays a little bit better and he doesn't get, you know, bodied by a 5-9 corner, then we're not having this conversation right now. Um, I'd like to see Marvin Hall more over Nick Williams, like you think. And I kind of want to see Marvin Hall over Mohamed Sanu half the time, but I like Mohamed Sanu, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating or anything. Okay. And if you're not going to give Julio the, if, <laughs> if you're not, <laughs> I know you don't share the same opinion. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. You, you know how I feel about that. Everybody knows how I feel. So, okay, go ahead. And if it was me, I would, you know, use uh, Freeman and Coleman in the backfield more. Like, I forgot what what kind of formation it was, but they were both in the backfield. And then one of them, depending on the play, like motioned out. Well, we don't do any any kind of pre-snap movement. So I don't I don't I'm just going to scrap that idea anyway. So. I mean, it's it's like it's weird because it's like they did it. Everything that you're talking about, they that you want them to do, they did against the Packers, right? Exactly, and then they just don't do it anymore. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. You saw the blueprint of what worked. Stop going away from it. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's it's. Who's the best secondary we face? The Bills right now. Yeah, I would probably say yeah, the Bills. And and the and the and. And even then, like the best, the best, the best corner on their team is probably my son, and that's uh, Tre'Davious White. But even then, like even in the, like the first half, you 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 gotta you gotta find different ways to exploit that. Even if you're even if like you're a uh, pass rush, even if they're like they're getting pass rush, which they which the Falcons did a, a decent job on the first half, and then the second half the the Bills came out of nowhere. They got some Chick Fil A from somewhere, and they went all they went all ape. Well, it wasn't from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but I don't know where they got it from. 
they had it. They had it smuggled. Mm-hmm. We don't know what they're doing down there in Buffalo. <laughs> Bills Mafia, man. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy group of guys, you know. But um, let's let's talk about the defense. Well, before we do, I, I do want to let people know that they can check out a host of shows. NBA season starting up. Locked on NBA. Locked on Hawks. If you want to get in, you know, locked on Celtics. Locked on. 76ers, if that's a that's your bag. Nobody you trying to out. get on Fox with 76ers. <laughs> you can check that out at, at audioboom.com. <laughs> Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh, honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um, well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. All right, uh, let's let's talk defense. What were your thoughts on the defensive performance in that game? Because a lot of people are, you know, besides the play-calling issues – a lot of people have been harping on the defense. That was something I harped on last week. Um, I feels like they just sort of the same group played against um, the Dolphins. So, w- what were your thoughts watching the defense perform, particularly in the second half? Um, I had a um, people call me a closet hater because I was actually a big fan of Jay Ajayi coming out of the in the draft. Like he was like one of my favorite people. So. I, I kind of felt happy that he was destroying us. Then I was I was mad because it was like <laughs> I was like, why can't we stop this guy? <laughs> oh look, but, look! I was a, a Jai fan. It was me, Parsons, and you. Where like, let's draft him in the second round. We drafted Deion Jones, and I was like, oh, whoop de do. But um, you know, okay, see, see that, see that's why I wasn't mad because Dion was like my he was my guy. Everybody else was saying we should get like Deron Lee or like another corner, and I was just like, nah, we should go Dion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have the t- I got the receipts. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, you know, like we couldn't really stop the run early in that game. It seemed like we cleaned some of those things up, but then it seemed like for whatever reason, Jay Cutler decided that he was just going to dink and dunk his way down the field and, and we couldn't stop it at all, which is amazing to me. And they converted like those three or four, four third downs on that one long drive. And that sort of, you know, we've seen t- two weeks in a row where Defenses in the second half have been basically able to play keep away by extending these huge long drives, 19 plays against the Bills, 15 plays against the the Dolphins, and are basically taking possessions away from our offense, which uh, results in them not being able to obviously score points, which they're not doing even when they get the ball. And like, it feels like this is a formula for success for a lot of teams. And the Falcons have been getting clobbered in the time of possession in the second halves of games. Um, do you feel like this is what, I guess, what are, what are your thoughts on that? And, and are there any things that you feel like the team can do to sort of clean those issues up? Uh, I don't I think at this point it's just, you, you have what you have. You have, you can, this is what you, which was why I wasn't like really too mad. I wasn't mad at the defense, obviously, cause you can't, you can't let that happen. Like the, they literally there was like four possess there was like five total possessions in the in the second half and three of them were the Dolphins they were like fifteen minutes long yeah but uh 
you can't you, you just can't let that happen like do like i don't care send keanu on a blitz or something have play like three safeties like you were playing like before um rico got hurt dude do something i wasn't like i wasn't like too disappointed in the d-line play i think grady could have had a, a little bit better of a game but you can't really grady great you can't the, Grady's had one bad game out of the whole season, so you can't really harp on that. Poe played pretty well, but he got uh he got bodied a couple times. <laughs> yeah. On uh on some run plays and it was kind of funny. But I still think that I, I've been saying this for like three years now and they still haven't done it, so uh, I don't know where. They should probably hire me over whoever the hell they have right now, have right now. But I've been saying we should get a, a DT for like the past three years in some round. I don't even care if it was in the seventh, but we we kind of need one now. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know it's 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 interesting to me because you look at like I, I'm with you. Like I think Poe made an impact in in the pass rush. I think he got some pressure. Got I think it was the only D lineman that got a hit on on Jay Cutler the whole game. Um, oh yeah, he destroyed uh, the backup center like two times, and then Richie Incognito had his hand full too. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, the run defense with Poe, I don't think has been as good as I want it to be, and I think that's contributed, at least in my opinion, a little bit to some of Deion Jones' struggles the last couple of weeks in in terms of stopping the run. But I think part of that is they're they're still playing Poe a ton at the three tech and and playing Grady at the the one tech, and it's leading to instances where like Grady's taking on double teams and and Poe's just sort of getting walled off by by a guard or whatever and it's just not really clicking the way I think we wanted to click but like you know I remember there was a play on that 15 play drive and and this is where I get you know this is where I'm going to be the guy that's going to harp on on Deion Jones a little bit more than people want to hear watch it watch it you know and I like this is why I get (laughs) no but it's like it's like this is why I get get upset at Deion Jones because I like he can make these plays he's in position to make these plays and we saw it against the Bills where there was a couple of third downs where Tyrod shook him in the open field. And it's like, you, you're this close, Dion. you got to make those plays. And there was a play midway through that 15-play drive, and it was a third and four. And it was a tough play to make because they were playing man coverage. They ran The Dolphins ran trips left and then had their receivers all run you know, towards the right to pull away coverage. And then they sort of circled out Damian Williams in the, in the into the flat out of the backfield. And Deion Jones, because they were playing man coverage, he had to basically cover him from the middle of the field. And it was a third and four, and Williams makes the catch behind the line of scrimmage, and Deion Jones is right there to make the tackle. It would have gotten the Falcons off the field on the third down. Miami, you know, I think they were in field goal range, so they would have kicked the field goal. But instead, he whiffs on the tackle. They continue to convert. They continue to bleed off another three or four minutes off the clock there. And you know they wind up getting the you touchdown. Know what that reminded me of that play. Reminded me of the Jameis play like two years ago. Like you mean the one where Jameis? That one, that one, and the Landry one just just made me. He just brought back very terrible memories. Okay. And so, like, I think those are the types of, and that's why I'm like Deion Jones. Like that jump that he can is capable of making is the jump he'll he'll make when he starts making those open field tackles. And like Deion is very good. At times, but then I think he's also kind of bad at times, and like I think he's almost there. He just got to start making those plays, and that would have been. It's not to sit here and be like, oh, the the reason why the Falcons lost or the reason why the Falcons had a fifteen gave up a fifteen play drive is because Geon Jones didn't make this one play. 
But it's like you have the opportunities to make those plays. And I think this defense is not really making those plays, particularly in the second halves of games. It seems like they're wearing down. Maybe they're not playing with a lot of urgency. You know, they're giving up too many points in the second half as opposed to the first half. Like they're giving up twice as many points in the second half as they are in the first half, which is understandable to a certain extent um, because, you know, they're scoring a lot of points in the first half, but then they're not scoring anything in the second half. And it's, I don't know, it's just like, I don't know what, you know, they got to fix this problem. They got to score more in the, in the, in the second half and they, and they got to uh, give up less points in the second half. If they can, which, some- is, which is why, which is why I try to, I try to like limit my bashing of the defense. I like that 15 play drives completely on them. There's no excuse for that. That was right after the half. You literally did nothing for 20 minutes. <laughs> there is no way you should be gassed. And yeah. then. But then our offense literally immediately went three and out. So you, you can't you can't do that. <laughs> you, they just played. They just played for like <laughs> they just played for like eleven minutes straight. You have to give them some kind of a break. I don't care what human you are. You could be John Cena or whatever, and you play that long, you are going to be tired. Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. And it's like it seems like the difference, you know, comparing last year to to this year. Like the defense would give up drives like that. We we know the defense was giving up everything last year. Um, but it was like Shanahan would come out and he'd be like, okay, I got something for you. And then we would just go right down the field and score seven. And it was like, even if the defense was gassed because we're trading seven for three or seven for seven, you know, and we're already up three touchdowns or something like that, then it's just like, you know, they can play tired, but they know the other team knows they can't stop this offense. And I think the difference between last year and this year is obviously in those instances where you need Sark on that first play in the third quarter, that first series in the third quarter, after that 15-play drive or after that 19-play drive against Buffalo, you need him to dial up a scoring drive or at least something that can sort of take the will out of the opposing defense, go on their own version of a a seven- or eight- or nine-minute drive to sort of just dominate the game and sort of ice the game at that point, and they're getting three and outs. And I think that's the big difference right there was this team is not able to finish games like they were a year ago, at least offensively. Um, and so, like, that needs to be the thing that, Jay, we know they're capable of doing it. We know they have the talent. We know they have the resources. It's just they just got to go out there and do it. My Madden playbook is better than Sark's playbook at this point. Okay. <laughs> I I could call a better game from... from I'm not even being a couch... A, a coach, a couch. I, I, how do you say this? A coaching couch? A couching? I don't know. Armchair coach. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could. I'm not even being one of those because I, I usually, you know, have most of the respect for the people who do that. But this, that was, that was awful. <laughs> this whole season has been trash on offense. I don't care what anybody says. I saw it after week one, and people called me stupid, and people told me to just wait, and I was just like, I'm a wait, and then now everybody's trying to jump on the bandwagon. Don't try to jump on the bandwagon now. Okay. Well, that's Jalen's bandwagon. Any other thoughts on on this um, Dolphins game, Jalen? Any observations? Any positives that you saw in this game that you really want to express and leave the listeners with? Uh, Wes is good, like I, I I've been saying for a year and a half now. Um, they did some weird stuff with with Jake and <laughs> with Jake played like tight end for a play or something like that. Hooper okay. is still my son, no, no matter that he didn't catch the ball. Um, I have a lot of children, I'm sorry. Yeah, but. Clearly. You're like uh, Antonio Cromartie, right? 
Nah, I don't think I'll ever. Well, actually, well, I'm not gonna say, never say never. I already have about I already have about four of them in in this draft cycle, and I've and I've only just started, so okay. I might have more than him. Okay. I might have to I might have to be able to ha- I will be able to house an entire football team with how many children I have after this. Okay. And if if anybody if we let if we play Jarvis Landry again and we let him do that again, I'm disowning them as a team. That's all I got to say from that. Jarvis <laughs> Jarvis, like, Jarvis Landry is barely a wide receiver. Why is he doing this? He was killing the Falcons, man. <laughs> well, I, I, and the funny thing was that like I, I saw his I saw his stats after the game. He didn't even do like that well. He caught like fourteen catches for like sixty two yards. And all sixty two of them were like tough yards the Falcons just didn't hit him on. And it makes me so mad. Yeah, I, like yeah, I want to know what his yak numbers were because he, he, it seemed like he was just breaking tackles left and right. It took like seven dudes to bring him down, like he, like his name was Julio Jones or something like that. <laughs> Quintorius uh, Landry, I yeah. saw that tweet. Yeah, you know, it was it was crazy to me, but that entire game, that entire like, like just replaying that sequence in my head just makes me so mad. Dion grabbed him by the legs. And then Campbell came over there and tried to arm tackle him. Like, he wasn't even trying to do anything. And then Rico stood him up. And then he just kept, he, he just literally just broke through all three of those. And then Keanu had to come and save the day. And I was like, oh my gosh, what the hell is going on? Yeah, right now, it's, it's if, if your name isn't Keanu or, or Kamal, I do not trust you to make a tackle if you play on the back end of this Falcons defense. The only person I, only person I trust is, is, is uh I trust uh Alfred a little bit more than everybody else, but I expect Alfred to he he's more of a big hitter than he is a, a sound tackler. So yeah, and if 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 it's between you and scoring a touchdown, I think Rico will make the tackle. But if it's any other tackle, he'll probably miss. Like if it's between you and a first down, he'll probably miss. But if it's a touchdown, he'll definitely make the tackle. He's like, hey, you getting that touchdown? All right, no, we'll stop right there. You yeah. can get those 99 extra yards, but I will trick you up and buy your shoelaces <laughs> on the one-yard line. Don't try me. I didn't give up a touchdown today. Nope. Well, yeah. Give me that, PF, give me that PFF grade. <laughs> um, I appreciate you coming on, Jalen, and sharing your thoughts. I'm, I'm sure this will be an interesting listening to some people. I'm sure people's some people will love this episode. I'm sure others will be like, I can't stand this Jalen Muhammad guy. But uh that's pretty much the life I live. The club. Yeah. Join so. the club. So Jalen have any problems, you can add me. <laughs> so that's what I was gonna ask you, Jalen. What what is your Twitter handle in, in case people want to go toe to toe with you? Okay, first of all, nobody's going toe to toe to me. You will all get shut down. Don't try it. I'm warning you right now. My meme collection is extensive, but you can find that and other Tom Fuller tweets along with the Hawks tweets after they complete their two and uh, eighty season this year by <laughs> at Jalen Muhammad, which is J A L E N no space M U H A M M A D. And uh, you are second only to me in terms of people that want Jalen Collins to come back, so you can uh, pull off those. Uh... Bite my style with those uh, Jalen tweets and respond to all of them, right? Okay, at this moment, until until he does something worth worth my time, he's um he's like the he's like the the middle child. He's not getting my attention. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, the way Brian Poole's playing, I don't even know if he's going to be. You know, they might wind up cutting him. 
when when he comes off suspension. So we'll see how that goes. All of this wouldn't have been a problem if we just signed Tre'Davious White, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna slide on that. I'm just well, Jalen, I appreciate you coming on, making me laugh, giving your Sark takes. I'm sure we will be speaking frequently online, if not on this podcast, in future weeks about what's going on with the Falcons. And uh, I look forward to chatting with you. And uh, I feel like I feel like it should be a tradition that every time Sark calls a bad game, you just automatically have me on the show. Okay. So I can just spit on it just every week. Okay. <laughs> I think that we're, yeah, the, you know, it'll just be the Jalen and Aaron show because it's going to keep happening. But um, appreciate it again, my friend. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. It was great. All right, man. There you go. Interesting takes from Jalen. As usual, if you follow him on Twitter, you know. So, you know, if you follow him on Twitter, this this episode went exactly as you thought it was going to go. If you don't follow him on Twitter, go follow him on Twitter. He's got some interesting insights even when you disagree with him. He's a good draft follow as well. You know, he's a strong, opinionated person. All right. So, guys, that's it for tonight's episode. I hope you appreciate it. I know it was maybe not the most conventional episode as we often do um, with these sort of recaps. It is an interesting game to me. I, I think the play calling was meh. I feel like the play calling has been sort of meh for most of the season, as, as, as I said, with the exception of that Packers game and to a lesser stint, that Lions game. Again, rewatching the game, I think they need to go back to running the football. I think they need to go back to dialing up shot plays. They did run some more play action. I, I did look it up. They ran, you know, three out of their first 20 play calls were play action, including the Marvin Hall touchdown. One of those plays was sort of wiped out by, um, or no, four out of the first 20, I'm sorry. Four out of the first 20 were play action plays. One of those was wiped out by a false start, I think, on Andy Levitri to start the third um, series. Um, Then they started out in the second half. You know, two out of the first 10 plays, calls were play action. And it seems like it was pretty, pretty sort of, you know, when you look at the the box score and whatnot, you're like, okay, matching up play action. It seemed like they were on the openings of drives, they would call a play action play. They would design a shot play. First and 10, we're going shot plays. And then if it worked, great. If it didn't work, then that was it. That was it as far as that, that series went. And so that seems to be a little bit predictable when you're when you're a defense and you're like, okay, the Falcons are going to take a shot on first and 10, which, again, is not inherently a wrong take the go you go back to that 98 team that's what they were doing you go back to last year's team they did that quite a bit taking shot plays and generally speaking when you can get those shot plays on that first down in on those series it usually ends to leads to to good results down the road with drives that end in the red zone drives that wind up with points on the board so that's what I would say reviewing, watching the game. But I, the Falcons got a lot of cleanup. They got to finish games. That's that's main, my main takeaway from the Dolphins game. They seem to, they you know, I don't have too much issues with anything they did in the first half. You know, we could pick and nitpick some of the play calling here or there. But for the most part, the only blemish I think they had in the first half was their run defense. In the second half, they just got outplayed, you know. And we've seen this formula now twice in a row and two losses where, you just play keep away from the Falcons, and because their offense isn't the same as it was a year ago, which is, you know, you take a 15-play drive, and then we're going to go and get six, you know, get a touchdown in, on six plays, then, you know, th- th- their offense just sort of 
grinds to a halt in the second half. They're, you know, they're 11th in scoring overall in the NFL, but they're 29th in scoring in the second half. Um, you know, they're, 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 the point differential in the second half is like minus six point. Uh, let me look at the exact number. I have it somewhere. Minus 6.4. Now, last year it was plus 2.3 in the, in the second half. You know, going back to 2013, it was minus 5.5. So you know they're they're in terms of point differential. This is a worse team point differential in the second half. This 2017 team through five games is worse than what the 2013 team was throughout the entire season. So I mean that's basically it, guys. It's like they got to clean these things up. They got to figure out ways to generate explosive plays, um, whether that's play action, whether that's changing up the route combinations, whether that's changing getting the ball to Tevin Coleman, getting the ball to Julio Jones, you know, all those opportunities, all those criticisms I think Sark has been given, I think are valid criticisms. I, I certainly feel like those are well-placed, but, um, you know, I'm not going to be like Jalen and, and say, you know, we need to fire the guy or anything like that. But we'll see what happens as the rest of the season unfolds. We'll see how they fix it, if they fix it, or is this going to be a continuing issue throughout the rest of the season? We'll see. So, um, there's my thoughts on that. How do you get the Pro Football Focus Edge account? Well, my friends, how do you do that? you got to go to Lockdown Falcons on iTunes. You leave a review. Leave your Twitter handle in the review. Five stars, first and foremost. You leave a five-star review. Leave your Twitter handle in the review. Then you're automatically entered at the end of each week to be picked to win a brief Pro Football Focus Edge account. That's a $40 value. You get player grades. You get player rankings. Tart. I keep saying tarts and tools. Charts and tools fantasy projections, draft articles, all the great stuff provided by Pro Football Focus, right? You know, I talked about on yesterday's show, the season GM feature to help you get some help in your fantasy stuff, getting all the stats and and all that type of stuff that you're used to on uh, Pro Football Focus. That comes with it. So just go do your iTunes review, give that five-star review, leave your Twitter handle, and you will be entered into the drawing. If you don't win the Pro Football Focus Edge account in that drawing, then you can still check out all great pro football focus um, content by checking out Locked On NFL, where Mike Renner is appearing every Wednesday. Locked On Fantasy, you can check out Jeff Ratcliffe uh, on that every Thursday. On top of that, guys, if you give an iTunes review, I will read it on the air. Um, so that's another reason to give those five-star reviews. It helps us in the rankings, helps more people find the show. I, I hope you guys appreciate um, the last two episodes, I know I went on a little bit of a rant. I hope you appreciate this episode. I know it's a little bit unconventional, but I, I think, you know, giving voice to other people and seeing what they can do. If you don't like these episodes or if you love these episodes, then please let me know. Let me know what you didn't like or you did like. Your feedback is well appreciated. How do you do that? By my, You can send a tweet. I'm at Falcons. People have sent in. If you're going to send a tweet to Falcons, just let me know it's podcast related so that I know it's not just... What are your thoughts on this random third string player on the Falcons? Because you know I got takes on that. But uh, easier way to, if it's podcast related, then just send it to the show's Twitter handle. That's Locked On Falcons. If you don't like the character limits that Twitter imposes on us, you know us freedom fighters out there in the world, then you can email. That's Locked On Falcons at mail dot com. The Facebook page, if that's more your speed. Locked on Falcons is the Facebook page. Give us a like while you're there. Audioboom.com, FalconFans.com. That's where the show is posted daily. You can leave a comment there as well. So that's it, guys. I hope you appreciated this episode. If you didn't, you know, better luck tomorrow, I guess. We'll do the All-22 review. If you have questions, uh, 
pertaining specifically to film, um, then you can send them to any one of those places I just rattled off, and I will try to answer them on tomorrow's show. And then on Thursday, hopefully we will have the preview for the Patriots game, and then we'll have another Fan Friday episode. Um, So that's what you guys have looked forward to this week. And uh, stay locked on, rise up in brotherhood. Hopefully the Falcons will get this whole thing fixed. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who's playing tonight? I think it's the Titans and the Colts. That's oh, my the, God. That's, why? That's the game I put in my head because I know the Titans are playing because Mar- Mariota's playing. It is, the, it is the Titans and the Colts. I just checked my fantasy game. Oh, my God. All I got – only the only thing that'll make me watch this game is if Brissett like goes off or if Marcus Mariota plays and he actually does well because he is my son too. So yeah, I'm not watching this game. I'm gonna check my <laughs> phone for the fantasy updates because I got Mariota starting, but I'm not watching the game. That's probably the safest bet, but I I, I can't since there's no basketball on. I don't have anything else to watch, so I, I'm gonna be forced to watch it anyway. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I might put it on in the background, maybe. There's background noise at this point. That game is going to be awful. It'll actually be better than the Dolphins game. I wonder who the Dolphins play this week. 